I want to read from you a text in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It's in the New Testament if you want to turn there. Go to the New Testament just past the Gospels. You'll see a book, Romans, just right after Romans, the first and second Corinthians. If you found first Corinthians, you're almost there. Just keep going to the right. If you found Galatians, you went a little too far. Go back to the left. Second Corinthians. I'm like a Siri for your roadmaps, finding your Bible, finding your scripture verses. Right hand turn at the book of Romans. One more right hand turn after 1 Corinthians, and now you've arrived to your destination. Chapter 1, 2 Corinthians. Here's how it reads. For all, say all. all. Thank you, all six of you. For all the promises of God, find their yes in Him. That's why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. And who has also, as if that wasn't enough, put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. If God has given you a promise, we shouldn't be looking for it in somebody else, but in Him. Looking around to the world to fulfill our promise. Looking to a boss that's going to promote us. Looking to a relationship that's going to fulfill us when the promises are in Him. Now, many times He uses His people to bless, but the promise is in Him. Let us not get confused and begin to look to people to fulfill what we need instead of looking to God. That's why we're singing and giving praise because all the glory goes back to Him because the promises are fulfilled in Him and through Him. And He has established us with Christ. You've been established to a place standing on the firm ground that God has provided so that, what does it say? So that he can anoint you also. That's why we gotta be careful when God establishes us in a place, we don't try to run to another place and then the anointing that he has for us has fallen down and it's missing our life because we're moving away from where he wanted us to be established. He established us, he anoints us for our purpose. And then he seals us. You make two casseroles, you put one in the fridge without the cling wrap on it. You put one in the fridge with the cling wrap on it. Which one do you want? The old dried out one? Two days later? No. No, John, you don't want the old dried out casserole. You want the one that's fresh. Peel off that, that cling wrap and have it. I don't really like casseroles. I don't really want either one. But if I had to have one, I'd sure as heck don't want the dried out one sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, not part of God, not something that speaks, because God can't, but the fullness of God sent to us to come into us to guide us and lead us. The living God. Talk about a promise fulfilled. 
ought to remember to give God the glory for that. You're walking along and you find a penny on the ground and you think, oh, it's my lucky day. I'm rich. And you bend down to do the bend and snap. No, okay, sorry. You, you bend down to pick up the penny. Hey, I'm, I'm chilling, man. You bend down to pick up the penny and you put it in your pocket. You shouldn't think, oh, it's my lucky day. You should think, praise God, he gets the glory. You're like, whoa, Pastor Mac, it's just a penny. See, no, it's not just a penny. First, you saw the penny. Someone, there's someone, there's, their eyes don't work and yours did and you got to see a penny on the ground. There's someone that isn't walking around and they wish they were and you get to walk around and you get to find a penny on the ground. There's someone who can't bend down whose arm doesn't work to pick up a penny, but your arm works. You get to bend down and pick up a penny. There's someone that has no pockets. They ain't got no pockets. You got pockets, you got somewhere to put a penny. And so we ought to say, promise fulfilled, because God is good. Because I woke up this morning, my legs worked, my eyes worked, things are working as they should, and if they're not, I'm believing that they will. So it's not my lucky day. It's God gets the glory for his promises fulfilled, for everything that's good is found in him, not in the people. Not in handouts or charities. Everything good is found in him. He'll use whatever he's got to use, the lost, the saved. He'll use someone hurting. He'll use someone whole. He will use any avenue he needs to to bless his people. I was reading with someone this morning talking about all the camels we're going to have. Isaiah 60, verse 6, go read it. I was sharing that with him. And in the same text, it says, and everybody that doesn't serve you and everybody that doesn't give to you and bless you, they'll be cut off. That's how strong the promises of God are. You forgot, you forgot this week that everybody that doesn't line up with the word of God and begin to do what God says to do, they're gonna get cut off. And you're over here worried if you have enough. He's like, look at the birds. Are they worried? Look at the little flowers. Are the flowers asking you for advice how to get the water? No, no, there's plenty of that coming down from the sky. The Lord's covered it. We got enough rain for the month, for the year. It says in uh, God's word, 2 Timothy chapter two, it says that he is faithful even when we're not, even when we're not faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. And his seal, his spirit, him is in us. How is he going to deny himself? He's not. So he chooses to be faithful even in moments when we're not. That's powerful. I titled today, if you're taking notes, Miracle Sunday. Okay, no, no one's excited for Miracle Sunday? Come on, man. It's Miracle Sunday. There we go. There we go. Miracle Sunday. It's Miracle Sunday. I want to share some miracles with you. I want to share some testimonies with you. And here's my hope. My hope is that we can get the word of God and the testimony of what he's doing in people's life to encourage you so that you can begin believing for your miracle or believing in a bigger way for what God's going to do in your life. Amen. That you may have come in thinking maybe and you can leave thinking yes, the promises are in him. All the promises are in him, and he is faithful. 
He can do it. He can save my family member. He can bring hope. He can restore my body. He can restore my marriage. We even had many down here this morning at the 11. We were praying and believing for God to do miracles. So I want to share these a couple testimonies. I have 100 testimonies to share. Okay, fine. Tough crowd tonight. You're getting snow cones afterwards. Okay, there you go. Now you're excited. I got 100 testimonies to share. I'm hoping I can get through two and a half. Two and a half. Give me two and a half. The first one is about my friend whose name is Albert. Albert moved to this area, didn't know anyone, and was making a group of, making a group of friends um, in the area and went to go visit some of them. He lived over by the AT&T Stadium, if you know where that is for reference, kind of on the other side of Arlington, if you will, over there. And he walked from there all the way to this shopping center, not because we were here, but because there was a, a store at the corner there that I called and called the witchcraft store that Albert was going to because at the time he was in a cult and he was a Satanist. So he walked to that store and it, also when we got to this place, I just knew, like, I knew that store was there and I knew what they were and they kind of, you know, just, just, they can disguise themselves as like, hey, whatever your path to the spirit realm is. And I'm like, well, I know my path to the spirit realm is the word of God, so... Um, they weren't like a huge fan of me at the, at the witchcraft store. Um, I thought before, I thought it was just like the presence of God was just on me. That's what, maybe that's it. But then I realized, I, I went in there one time and I was ministering to this lady that was in there who's buying crystals. And I said, I said, you don't need those crystals. They're not going to help you. What you need is the word of God. It's free. All right. I got a copy. I'll give it to you. The spirit of God will just come in you right now. Just tell them. And they weren't like a big fan of the whole like not selling the crystals thing and her falling in love with Jesus. Anyways, so they moved, okay? Um, they, they moved. They moved somewhere else. But Albert came. He wanted to visit the store. He gets all the way. He walks from there all the way over here to the store. Guess what? They're closed. You ever been there before? Go to a place. It's closed. The disappointment. The shock. The awe. My, my, this happened to me the other day. I told my wife I was bringing home lunch. I went and bought some tacos. I called her up to say, hey, I'm bringing tacos home. Before I could tell her that I was bringing tacos, she was like, what I really want is a sandwich from this certain sandwich place. And I was like, oh, awkward. I already got tacos. And she was like, that's okay. I was like, okay. She's like, all right. I said, so you still want the sandwich? She goes, yeah. I was like, <laughs> you're saying it's okay as if it's okay that I wasted my time getting the tacos and you don't mind me spending more time to go get the sandwich, no problem. So I'm a smart guy. I've been married for almost nine years. I threw those tacos out the window. No, I'm just kidding. I kept the tacos for another time and I go drive to the sandwich place. I get to the sandwich place after all that. I'm hurrying home because time is of the essence. I pull into the lot of the sandwich place and it says on there, close for the holiday. Bless the Lord. It stinks when you go somewhere and it's closed. Albert shows up, it's closed. Someone on our parking team says, hey man, what's going on? He said, hey, I was going to the store, but it's closed. They said, don't worry, we got free coffee in here. And by the way, it's good. Come check it out. He thought, well, I walked all this way. Might as well get a free cup of coffee out of it. Comes into the doors, has some coffee. After a few minutes, the doors open up. People start coming in the auditorium. They say, hey man, you coming in? He thinks, well, I walked all this way. I might as well come in. He wasn't really going to leave with like the leading foot of, oh, I'm a Satanist. You know, like not really the foot you want to lead with at the Christian church, you know. So he just comes in and hangs out. Likes the people. It's not half bad. He thinks, I'll come back the next week. 
So he comes back again. Then he thinks, I'll come back the next week. Comes back again. After a series of a few weeks of him coming back, we're sitting down, and he's sharing with me what I would call his Satanology, and I'm sharing with him what I would call my theology. It was really no competition. <laughs> the Spirit of God just did the work and began to change him from the inside, from who he used to be to who he is now. The change was so profound that he felt like he needed to change his name. You know, sometimes in Scripture, people have such an encounter with God, they want to change their name. It's the, the old me is so far gone, I can't even be known as Albert anymore. I need to be known as Zach now. Zach's my middle name. I'm going to go by Zach because I've been so radically changed by God. I went from being in, a, in an occult to, to worshiping Satan to now doing a full flip, and now I worship Jesus. Understand the spirit realm because I used to bow to this side of the spirit realm, but now I'm on this side of the spirit realm, and I get it. Then, shortly after that, COVID hits. Me and Zach, we text, we call, we're distanced, just starting to plug in, just starting to get involved, was even serving before he even accepted Christ. And Fast forward to this past fall in October, we're back in person, and Zach's been wanting to get baptized this whole time. And so he did. In October, he got baptized. It was a really exciting time. To celebrate with him a full circle of the old being gone and the new Zach coming to life. Shortly after that, the new year comes. Baby Mab's birthday happens. I was there. It's a great celebration videos, pictures, poppers, all the stuff. And after a few days, I realized that my three times a week text message or phone call from Zach wasn't happening. I began to ask some people around, like, hey, have you seen Zach? Have you heard from Zach? What's going on? Because he doesn't miss church. He misses church one week. We're looking for him. He misses church another week. We're like, where is this guy? He never misses church. God has changed his life. Not answering the calls, not answering the texts, really begin to worry. All of a sudden, kind of out of the blue, some guy messages me and messages the church through social media and emails and says, hey, I, I found this Bible on the side of the road. I work on light poles in Grand Prairie, and I was on the corner, one of the, one of the corners of, of, the, of, of I-30, looked down, and I saw what I thought was a Bible. He said, I'm not a big religious man, but I respect the Bible, and so I climbed down from the work pole, I picked it up, and sure enough, it was a Bible. Inside it, it said Pastor Mac. Inside it, it said Authentic City Church, and inside it, it said this name's Zach Resendez. And I thought, this is somebody's Bible, and he... He described where he found it. He said, Man, it looked like the scene of a horrible car crash. So I don't know what's going on. All I know is that I found this Bible, and so I know the Bible's there. 
And I begin to say, okay, well, is he dead or is he alive? Who do I call? How do I find out? I begin to call the city of Grand Prairie and the police department and try to find out from them and begin to talk to hospitals and realize that Zach had been in a horrible car crash as he was returning home from work about four in the morning. He was an armed security guard in Dallas and worked different projects in that area and would be coming back to his apartment in Arlington near the AT&T Stadium when a drunk driver going the wrong way on I-30. Drunk enough not to realize you're going the wrong way on I-30. Hit Zach head on. Crushing everything on the left side of his body. Upper and lower arm, crushed. Upper and lower leg, crushed. Ribs, broke. Lungs, smashed. Pelvis, shattered. Hips, broken. Jaw, broken. Eye socket, broken. Skull, totally squished. Craniotomy, ear to ear, take his skull off, have to go in and repair what they would say is what's left of his brain. When I found Zach in the hospital, he had been non-responsive for something like three weeks. When I walked in, he began to respond. He's kept responding. We found out later that Dr. Holland, the doctor who did all of his bone surgeries, we've met with him several times since for x-rays and checkups. Dr. Holland at the last visit, as Zach was sitting in the wheelchair, looking him eye to eye, Dr. Holland said, told us that they wouldn't, the hospital would not let him operate on Zach for at least two days because they were like, there's no way this guy's gonna live. We're not gonna, we're not gonna go through this expense and this money to have you do the surgeries. There's just no way. And for Dr. Holland to be looking at him, he called him a miracle and a blessing and said, I never thought I would ever see you in my office. The doctors have continued to be blown away. The nurses blown away. But it's been a hard road all the same. We went from being a few months in a hospital to the hospital kind of kicking us out, so to speak, because Zach doesn't have insurance, putting us in a group home. The group home was a great place. What'd you call the group home, Zach? You remember? Yeah, I nicknamed it the Dev House. We nicknamed it the Death House because that's what it felt like. It felt like where they sent him to die. And most of the people there, it felt like that was the acceptance and the role that they were on. They accepted their reality that they're there to just kind of close out their life. There's nowhere else to go. But we didn't believe that, did we, Zach? We didn't accept that reality. And though it didn't seem like there was a lot of options, we continued to pray. We were here on Monday nights praying. We got a picture of Zach's baptism. We hung it up on the wall. We all signed it. We told him we're praying. One of the, one of the biggest hurdles was Zach's left foot. 
was completely not working in any way. We didn't really know what to do. And then I remembered, I know someone that knows more than all the doctors in the world combined. I know him. So I wrote a, on a piece of paper a sign, a little piece of paper. And Zach's laying in bed all of January, all of February, all of March, all of April, waiting for those bones to heal, never getting out of bed, never getting to a wheelchair, never eating a meal, sitting in a chair, in a bed the whole time. I wrote a sign on the wall and I put it up in front of Zach because I figured, man, if you're here all day, you might as well read something. Remember what the sign said? Was it foot come back to life? Foot come back to life. I figured if in Ezekiel, Isaiah can call that many bones to come alive and an army can begin to stand up and fight, I figured one guy can tell his foot in the name of Jesus to straighten up and begin to come alive and do what it needs to do. We went to the doctor two weeks after Zach began to do that, and the doctor said, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with your foot. He said, you haven't walked on it for four and a half months. Might feel a little weird. You might need some time. This is his doctor explained. You might need some time to get used to walking around on it. You got like 70 rods and pins on your hips and your pelvis. It might feel a little funny walking around, but he said, get up and walk if you want. So a couple weeks ago for the first time, in over five months, Zach stood up on his own two feet. Dead foot come alive. Dry bones come alive. Calling things that are not to be. We've been praying. We've been believing. We've been knowing that God's working miracles. When I was sharing Zach's story with some friends, some friends of Authentic and some friends of me, they have no idea who he is. They never met Zach before at that point. I was sharing the story how he was commanding his dead foot to come alive and how the Lord was repairing it. And they said, we, we got to get him out of that group home. We got to get him into a rehab facility. I said, well, he has no insurance. It costs thousands of dollars to have him in there. They said, don't worry. So they began to put in the resources, and we began to put in the resources, and we began to provide a way to pay 100% cash because he has not, no insurance for the last one month for him to be in the rehab facility, totally paid for, totally taken care of, and he's got another two weeks. And everyone in the rehab facility is so impressed of the miraculous work that's happening inside of him because when he got there, he came in on a stretcher, and now he's wheeling his own self around in a wheelchair, moving from bed to toilet to chair anytime he wants. Praise God. Hey, I want you to see, Zach, I want you to see everyone here clapping for Jesus and believing in what God's doing in your life. I want you to see them too. God has a purpose, doesn't he? That's what Zach always says. 
He kept me here for a purpose. He kept me here for a purpose. It's a beacon of light to everyone in that rehab facility. Proud of you, Zach. This is his, this is his first big outing besides medical trips. He said, I got to come to church. He's been watching online. But how many know it's different to be in the house with the people worshiping with the presence of God? Hallelujah. This morning. So here's what we're believing. We're believing this, this left leg comes fully back to where it needs to be. That just standing up and Dr. Holland saying he was a miracle, being in his office in a chair, was not enough for us. We're believing for continued restoration and healing. Earlier this morning, we got to experience another miracle together. I'd love to share with you that there's a, a lady, two ladies that were at Monday night prayer, Monday night prayer, 7.30 p.m. here at Authentic. They were at Monday night prayer, and they were praying for each other. And Awasif came over and prayed for Jenny and began to prophesy and pray over her, and it blessed her so much Jenny's here, I think, too. Hey, hey, Jenny. And it blessed her so much that Jenny said, I got to do something to bless her. And she knew that as Awasif was praying for her, that she herself was going through so much and herself didn't even have a car. And Jenny came to me and she said, I know that she doesn't have a car. I have an extra car, but it doesn't run yet, I said. So we partnered with the local repair shop. And we took the car from zero to 100, not miles per hour. <laughs> Though it could if you wanted it to. And did all the repairs. On the, on the car to make it good as new. And this morning at the 11, we surprised Awasif that in the middle of her need, while she was blessing somebody else, despite she was holding on to her own faith, we blessed her with the brand new to her car. The funny thing was that there, there we are this morning next to the car. Praise him. The funny thing was that this morning, she was holding the door open at the 11, greeting everybody who came in. And I went over to Tracy and Amber, because we were all wearing matching shirts. And Jessica, was, she wasn't there, but she was wearing a matching shirt too, and lots of other people. Anyways, so I went over to them, and we were wearing matching shirts, and I was like, this is so funny, because she has no idea that she's about to get blessed with a new car. And she's sitting there right then, staring at her new car, and she doesn't know it's her new car yet. She thinks it's some random car that's there. She doesn't have a car. She came with no car. She's staring at a car that's already hers, and she has no idea. How many know you can be standing there staring right at your miracle and not know yet all God's going to do? So you might as well have a good attitude and be holding the door open for people and be believing that God is good. And in the middle of your need, you're going to bless no matter what because your God's so big, you know it's coming back to you. Back in August... 
We were prophesying places to live for people. I know there's people in here that are looking for new places to live. And I prophesied over Sterling and Emma. Emma's right over there. I prophesied. I was praying, believing with them. God was going to provide them a new apartment. And he did. And then, in the same apartment complex, he gave them an even better one. Next time, ask for the better one the first time. Praise him. <laughs> Just saying. So they got an even better one now. God provided a miracle in that way. And back then, in, in August, Shalom was also believing for a new place. Shalom, raise up your hands so everyone can see you. Come on. August. Actually, before then, she was believing for a new place, but she was encouraged by their faith back in August, and she began to declare it. You know, you're like hopeful for a new place, but then you say, no, not hopeful. I declare it. God is bringing it. God is bringing it. I know he's bringing healing. I know he's bringing salvation. I know he's bringing peace. I know he's, I'm not hoping that tomorrow I have no, new joy. I'm saying, God, thank you for new joy tomorrow. So nine months ago, I put this envelope on my hutch because I believed it too. And inside the envelope is a check for your first month's rent. Because you close on your place, middle of June. She found a house in a market where no one can find houses unless you got all the money. She didn't have to be a crazy person or persuade anybody. She just put her offer in and let the favor of God do the favor of God's going to do. So we partner with you and say, the first month, which is probably really the second month, rent's taken care of. Because all the promises are in him. That's not because of me. That's because of what God is doing through you. That's because of your faith. Because you're believing. Because you're hoping. So who needs a miracle? Yeah. 